What does it take to really become a better version of yourself? Maybe you've tried to improve yourself in all these different ways, maybe physically or spiritually or emotionally or relationally, but you've never been able to put the pieces together. Well, today's episode is all about helping to awaken that part of you that may have been dormant. And we're going to find out from life coach BJ Thompson, who has coached and counseled thousands of people to do just that, to awaken the best parts of themselves and do so in a way that honors God, but also honors the dreams that you have on the inside and make sure that you don't let that lay dormant. But you got to follow through with every minute of this episode so that you can hear everything he has to share with us. It's really, really going to inspire you. So just give us a moment to welcome those of you who are new to God and Gigs, and then we'll get right into this powerful discussion. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds. Looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. You're listening to The God and Gig Show. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Hello and welcome to our show. Thank you so much for making this podcast a part of your creative day. And if you're new to our show and to God and Gigs, you are in the right place, especially if you're a creative, a freelancer, a musician, an artist, anyone who works around the intersection of the arts and entertainment space, but you want to connect the dots between your spiritual life and your creative life. You want to solve those nagging creative problems by applying timeless spiritual principles. That's what we do here at God and Gigs. We've been doing so since 2015. Books, resources, this podcast, so much, a community. I mean, everything here is built to help you become the best creative that you can become. So I highly suggest that you subscribe and follow the show. Check us out on YouTube if you haven't already, and make sure that you stay connected to everything we're sharing for your benefit as a creative. Now, this talk is not just for the creatives, but especially for the creatives, because we all should be trying to grow and transform and be better, 1% better than we were yesterday. But this is a talk that's going to help you do that a hundredfold, because BJ Thompson, who is as he calls it, and I would agree, your influencer's influencer. He's going to help us to transform our lives truly by awakening the best parts of us. Now, if you've never heard of BJ Thompson, trust me, this is someone you want to hear. From surviving the gang violence plague streets of South Dallas to becoming one of the most influential life coaches in America, he has lived out this transformation and now he's helping us to do the same. Now, BJ helped launch one of the largest faith movements in history, the 116 movement. Now, I remember this very well growing up and hearing about Lecrae and many other peoples in the 116 movement, but BJ was right alongside them and helping to build the 116 movement with Lecrae. As a matter of fact, Lecrae wrote the foreword for BJ's new book, Awaken a Better You. So when I tell you this man knows what he's talking about, when he talks about rubbing shoulders with creators and helping bring out the best of us, he is standing on solid footing. So I want you to listen to this episode as he shares some exclusive stories, some of the most powerful and really you know, gut-wrenching moments of his life and how he had to overcome such incredible odds to become the man he is today and sharing how you can overcome odds, how you can awaken the best parts of yourself and how you can stop being scared of things that are not 
part of your story or the happened part of your story, but it's time to step away from. This is absolutely the interview that you need to hear at any time that you forget that it's possible to change. And so I'm not going to say anything else, but get right into this incredible interview. Make sure you listen to every bit. And then afterward, make sure you share it with somebody. Here's our talk with author, speaker, and life coach, BJ Thompson. BJ Thompson, welcome to the God and Gig Show. How are you, sir? Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Man, I we just literally hit record and I already felt the energy from you knowing what you have shared in all of your, not just this for, this book that you're about to release that we're talking about right now, maybe by the time we share this interview and they're listening, the book's already out, they can already get it. What do you want people to know about you if they couldn't learn anything else in the yeah. next you know, 30 minutes? What are the most important things that you'd want people to hear about you in terms of just getting to know you, first of all? Yeah, that's a great question. So I am a Dallas native, not a cowboy fan or hater. Um, my mother had me at the age of 17. My dad left school in the 10th grade and I'm the oldest of three and grew up at the height of gang culture in Dallas. Um, it, you know, you, you get in that environment, it's very volatile and, you know, you start to navigate, you start to understand how to flow in that community. I graduated from high school, moved an hour away and immediately realized that nothing that I had learned up until that point transferred just down the street. Um, that was my first moment of awakening, right? You start to realize, man, I've just been limited to my own bubble. Um, 20 years later, 23 plus years later, um, I've influenced millions of people, started one of the probably the largest faith movements in the last 50 years, um, coached more than 10,000 people. And I've realized this, if you have the right coach and the right community, a lesson that took you one decade could actually take you 10 months. So. That's what's more about me. No, that look, number one, you did that better than probably anybody I've interviewed. <laughs> and number two, that powerful statement you just said about 10 years to 10 months, man, like we could dig into all of this, but you mentioned your upbringing. And I realized that even us, you know, and I'm, I'm very sensitive, but also very transparent. So right away, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening and don't see us, we happen to have a very similar background, it seems, <laughs> in terms of at least our, our identity, our cultural identity. So growing up, you mentioned the, the, the violence, you mentioned the, the, in your book, you mentioned your parenting, your parenthood and your parents and how all that affected you. Can you just give me uh, one instance, maybe? that helped you understand the impact that that had on your life. Uh, I know there's so many that you could tell, you tell some of them in the book, but like, what is one of those things that just crystallized in your mind that you just said, this, this, this is, this is not what's supposed to be. I need to, there's another life for me, but the one I'm living in is not right. Could you give me just one instance of that, where that background really hit you and it kind of, yeah. you know, no, that's great. An impression. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've had to do a lot of work, you know, with my background and bringing myself together, my full story, right? So again, you go into these different worlds and we can code switch and we can become different versions of who we actually are. We don't know how to bring the whole version of who we are into every environment. And so one of the things I consistently, you know, want to communicate to the audience is be you, be the full version of who you are in the healthiest way that you can be. And learn to humanize, not demonize or villainize the experiences that you've had in order for you to like leverage them in this next season. 
And so one of the things that I realized is that, you know, when you grow up in an environment that's very volatile where anything can happen, right? Because again, we all come from different backgrounds. Maybe you grew up in homeschool. Maybe you grew up in the suburbs. Maybe you grew up in the city. Maybe you grew up, maybe you grew up in the rural community where they have little parades randomly and you go to the fair, right? And get your little hay. Like all of us have an origin story, a background, but it's about finding those things that seem to be hard and using them redemptively. One of the things for me is that if you grew up in my community, you were either prey or predator, right? You could not just walk around naively. You needed to be ready to either run or you needed to be ready to fight. And, you know, I chose to fight. I chose to never run. I've never ran from anything. I've been in some of the most volatile environments and I've never ran. And it, it, it taught me to stop being so afraid of conflict, right? And so, you know, one of the incidents, you know, I talk about this in my book, I end up in an incident where I actually got into it, you know, with this young woman, and then I end up having to fight with her friend. <laughs> this is like a true story, right? It's like a true story. And I, I remember making the distinct choice. You know, I could have caught the city bus that day before I was driving my car. Um, and I remember thinking, I could just keep avoiding this thing. I could keep moving around and being scared of it, or I could get on that bus, I could face what is coming inevitably, and I could deal with it now. And that's what I did. I chose to do. I chose to deal with it. And so what I would say is one of the most powerful moments for me is I realized I have, even as a teenager, chosen to deal with things that were hard. Yeah. I learned to stop running from things. And again, you don't know what's going to come along with that. I mean, you could get I mean, there's a lot of different outcomes that can happen, but the principle that I've carried into this new season is I have to stop running from the hard things and I need to start facing them and going through them. Wow. Now, see, that's what I love about the word that I picked up right away. You said redemptive. An experience that now most of us would not say, yeah, let's 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 look for fights with three other people and, <laughs> and, and somebody egging me on and saying like, yeah, let's run into that because, you know, we hear the Bible say turn the other cheek and, you know, you know, live with peace with all men and all this. this, this. So we all hear these, these statements that say to avoid conflict. But then you are telling us not to avoid, you know, we're not talking about like fights. We're talking about the conflicts within. We're talking about the big battles, right? Those obstacles that maybe a family situation or a career situation where you're saying face the facts, face it head on, and you can overcome these things versus uh, minimize or deny it. Like, is that what basically the flavor of what you're saying? Absolutely. I'm saying stop trying to ignore it, right? It's, you know, it's what people do with their health. You know, you notice that something is happening to you instead of you saying, man, I need to just deal with it. We ignore it until it becomes a crisis, right? And so a lot of what my work is, I'm encouraging people to be proactive, not reactive to things. I'm encouraging people to go through things, not just try to avoid things. And, you know, the irony of it, if you've lived long enough, you know that things that you have avoided, <laughs> avoided somehow magically boomerang and come full circle, right? You, don't so get like, you, can't, you can't escape it. It's yeah, your boomerang is the best way to <laughs> The boogeyman is gone. This thing is gone because you decided you were not going to deal with it. And it only comes back 10 times more powerful. And so what I encourage people, again, if it's spiritual, if it's emotional, if it's re- relational, if it's financial, if it's, if it's physical, whatever those that area of your life is, 
go ahead and start dealing with it and go on the awakening journey. Again, that's what the Awaken a Better You is all about is I'm challenging you to not simply read. And again, we talked about this offline, right? People want to give critique and review. Oh, I thought this was structured and well, well, actually, it's more of a practical implementation, a practical plan for you to implement in your regular life. It's not just a book that you read. It's something you read, you hear, you do, you practice, and then you watch yourself grow. Mm, right away, the first thing I thought of is that verse that's, you know, faith without works is dead, right? You can have faith and talk about it and all this stuff, but if you don't actually do it, it doesn't matter. Now, I wanted to dig right into something you mentioned, and you also, uh, for people that are learning about you for the first time, you mentioned the 116 movement, you mentioned standing in this gap, right? This space where uh, you're around people. I love the story in the book about you actually meeting uh, uh, your, your partner, uh, Lecrae, whenever you were running through the, uh, the the gym. You guys got to read this book to see some of these great anecdotes that he has about this story. But because you have an audience of creatives, musicians, artists, people that you have been rubbing shoulders with really your entire life, I wanted to quickly dig into that, especially in the frame of what you just mentioned, facing hard things and dealing with things, especially when it comes to the identity. You're talking about awakening a better you. But many of us in this community think we already know who we are. We have this identity of creators, musicians. I, I've been talented my whole life. I, I have this dream. I have this goal. And I'm just going to aim for it. And you said something in the book about red carpet moments. When you show up on a particular stage or event or platform, I, now if you're not watching, guys, he's, he's holding his. I love this reaction because this is this is real. I'm just I'm just real. Gonna, this is a real moment. All of all of my podcasts, BJ. Let me just be. Let me just get right off the cuff. My podcasts basically are my way of getting free coaching. Let me just be honest. With you, you're a coach. <laughs> This is my way of being in I'm the I'm invoice you. You're going to get invo- an invo- yeah, but, but this is this a big invoice. This is why I do it this way, because I'm imagining a person that's sitting there listening, saying, this is the question I have. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah. you know, why is this the issue that I keep facing? And here I have a chance to talk to someone that's been there. So you've been on stages and places where your identity was being compared with these other guys and other creators, other musicians, other people like that who are doing amazing things. And you're like, who am I? Why do I belong? Help me and the listeners and the watchers deal with those moments when their identity is being questioned, when they don't know how to become the person because they don't know who they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So you asked me two questions. You asked me about the identity and how did I end up, you know, bumping into Lecrae? Before I was a coach, I was just a person moved by conviction, right? And I'll never forget. Right. And he tells the story in the book. This is like a true story. You know, Lecrae had gone to another school and he came back and I had literally had just come to faith. I had come to like an awakening. I had come to a, a, an awakening in my spiritual life. And I saw him and it's weird. I, you know, we weren't even friends. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, you're lost. Right. And so it's like, you know, this is the irony. Right. So you're like, now we have a big dog talk. So now I'm saying to this, you know, multi-Grammy awarded person before he was, you are lost and I can see you. And I think it just, it stunned him. That's why, again, it's funny to bring this up in a book because I don't think the audience knows that oftentimes our growth and our healing is through other people. It's people you've never heard of. It's people you've never seen before. And it's people who seek your good outside of needing your validation. Right. 
And so, you know, again, when you think about this and, and you know, and you hear me say, oh, I've influenced millions of people, there would not be a 116 movement without BJ Thompson. It would not even exist, right? And it's not because I'm an artist. It's not because I'm I'm thinking about my mixtape. It's because I've played my role in being a person to just seek healing and love, right? And so, you know, I want to just encourage people. It's not just about, you know, do you do makeup? Do you dance? Do you hip hop? Do you whatever? It's like, sometimes you can play your role and you can be the catalyst for something that's greater without even being aware of, right? And so that's the first thing. So it's, you know, you get these moments, but then you come into this later aspect of your profession where now, okay, all of a sudden your books and stores everywhere. You got this, or let's say you're building the thing that you're building, but you get around people who are way more advanced. Yes. Yes. This is where, this is what I was hoping you were jumping into because I live in this world where, I mean, you, you want, you, you want to say I belong. You want to say I've worked hard and yet the, 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 Scoreboard keeps moving because you show up and it's like, (laughs) so yes, please share it and help us with that. Yeah. And so, you know, you sit in these rooms and you got reporters, you have news outlets, you have like all these different things. You're on the red carpet. They don't know who you are. You know, they could give, they could give a rat's tail about who you are unless you are who's who. And I found myself sitting in that moment, just like I never questioned my value of my worth until that moment. And I was like, do I mean something? Do I have value? Um, who am I? Why am I here? Have I done enough? Um, should I be doing more? Should I pivot? Should I do this? And, you know, for the first time, I had this existential crisis around my identity because I wasn't sure about myself. And what I say in the book for those of us, you know, especially as you read through it, I had to realize that before I started allowing myself to get outside validation, I needed to make internal assessments about who I was and be proud of it, right? Again, my mother had me at 17. (laughs) My dad left school in the 10th grade, worked in a freight yard. I overcame South Dallas. I overcame gang violence. I overcame poverty. I overcame a, a, a poorly, you know, educated background. I overcame all these things. And that's what I needed to celebrate first. Shouldn't be trying to run somebody else's race because they had not even started what I had started, where I started, right? Again, you know, this is kind of the other peak is like, here I am trying to compare myself to people in a race. And even if they tried, they couldn't start where I started and ended up where I am. And so, again, I just needed to run my own lane. I needed to be my own person. And that's what's led me here. It hasn't been, oh, I need to be this super cool, smart person. It's me being faithful to steward the gifts that I have overgrew so much that it ended up in a published book. Me being faithful to steward what I have overgrew so much that I became a global figure and a, and a national coach. That's what it was. It's not, I wasn't trying to run with someone else, someone else's lane. I started running in my lane. I started taking ownership over my life and I just started celebrating the small wins. And that's, again, that's a part of the awakening process. I love this, man. The the small wins you just mentioned is so huge because I think for many of us in this space where we're trying to build something, right? All of us, I think, uh, God gives us these dreams and goals and aspirations, right? And you, you mentioned that in the book about these, 
the things you're talking about, and I love this, by the way, we, we mentioned being authors and self-help and all the stuff that people read and they pick up the book, but then they never apply it. I love, I love, I love the fact that you're not saying to anyone that you can just do this on your own. You mentioned relational, you mentioned the spiritual, you, you, you are very, very clearly saying this has to come from other people and from a higher purpose, from the, your connection with God. So my next question that I really love to hear, because this is my DNA as well, and I think a lot of people don't realize that this is so powerful, is your, the part you talked about in relationships. You just mentioned it, meeting someone, realizing that you had your role to play. But I still feel like there's a lot of hustle mentality in this world. There's a lot of people who still feel like they can awaken or become a better them by themselves. Can you just talk a little bit about that, about why that mentality is flawed and why you make such a big emphasis on relationships, even in your book? Oh, absolutely. You you live on a planet with 7 billion people, right? So it's like you are only going to go as far as the people you are connected to. You are only going to be, again, we, we know this from childhood, right? You are born, you're not born to isolation, right? You're not born like a little uh, tadpole and you got to swim and figure out life, right? You're born into a family. You're born with caregivers. You're born with role models. You're born into people who have to shape you, mold you, develop you in order for you to come to maturity. And so we see this in a biological sense, right? It's like you have to have other people in order to become who you're supposed to be. I think what happens is because we, you know, again, and, and this is, I don't want to be psychological, but you go from the dependent to codependent to independent. Right. And you think that that is the greatest elements of how you should exist. Right. So you're dependent. Now you need someone to do everything. If you're codependent, now you can't move without someone else. If you're independent, you fully focus on who you are and what you do. But if you're interdependent, you know who you are and you're able to rely on others in a vulnerable way. We have settled for all of the lesser things. And the true form is the 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 most mature version of you is an interdependent person, right? Where you recognize you have strengths, you have weaknesses, you have limitations, but you are compensated through the people you have relationship with. Again, the awakening moment, if you go to bj-thompson.com, what you're going to see that I'm proposing is like, I'm proposing you integrate yourself. You bring yourself fully together. You're not just a spiritual. And, you know, this is really the the bad, uh, the the flawed version of us, right? Hmm. I spent so much time, man, only focusing on one area of life, only focusing on being cool, only focusing on, right? Yeah, no, exactly. As soon as you started to say, I I wanted to go so deep into this, the whole point about us being formed in the image of God, spirit, soul, body, father, son, holy ghost. Uh, father, husband, artist, uh, coach, like we have all these pieces and we try to live them. You said it depend in the, independently as if one doesn't affect the other. If I'm a bad uh, husband, somehow I'm going to be a good uh, uh, worker. It's like, no, like they, they influence each other. And just like you said, it's both inside of us. We have to be all that we are. I love this. Please, please continue. Yeah. And, and like I said, for so long, I was just trying to be a spiritual person. So you know, I, this is just an easy example. So I'm in college and, you know, I just mentioned my first real recognition that, man, I need to be awakened. Something needs to be awakened. Yeah. 
I'm going to class every day. I know this, man. I don't have any skills. I don't know how to take notes. <laughs> I'm not bring a paper. I'm done. I'm done here. I'm watching my classmates easily breeze through lecture, note taking, test taking, whatever. Right. But I'm in a ministry, and all they care about is that I show up on every Wednesday and I go out and I, you know, evangelize. That was the greatest thing. It didn't matter that I was flunked in school, right? Hmm. And so it's this compartmentalized idea of life where I can be failing in life, right? I'll give you a funny story. I never told this story, but I'm going to tell this story publicly. Please. Y'all getting an exclusive story, right? I, I'm just, okay. I'm all ears. We are all all ears. <laughs> compartmentalization, right? Make sure y'all go... <laughs> Before I tell this book, before I tell the story, make sure y'all go pick up the Awaken a Better You book, order 10 copies, and share it with all your friends. Because I'm going to give you a funny story of compartmentalization. I will never forget. This is a true story. I was in the ministry. I was serving. I was doing this. But I was, like, not doing schoolwork. And I never forget I had an exam that day, and I had not studied. And I was walking to class. You know, because you know you live on. Oh yeah, I'm. A, I'm again. I'm a teacher and business student. I know that feeling all too yeah. well. You just like it's like it's like Death Man's. It's like the dead dead man walking. Yeah, huge campus, University of North Texas, huge campus, and I'll never forget thinking, "Dang, I haven't studied a lick." <laughs> <laughs> I have this huge exam coming up. And I'm walking down a breezeway, and I'm thinking, I'm not lying. I literally thought this. Jesus Christ, come back, please. (laughs) (laughs) Marinetta, Lord, come back quickly. (laughs) Come, Lord Jesus, prayer was like... I ain't studied a lick. This is the best time. This is the best time for you to come back. (laughs) And I'm walking to class and I have not studied. (laughs) It is the time. I don't know what your plans are. I don't know your ways. I don't know my way. Like, I know that right now, this will be the perfect time. Bro, I went into that class and I failed that test, right? That's how much I had compartmentalized my life. I had compartmentalized my life so much so that my daily responsibilities and the functions that I'm supposed to be taken care of I didn't because I could just see the separate. And as long as I was good spiritually, ultimate, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't matter how I was doing physically. And this is the part, this is really what the awakening is about. It's not about just one area of who you are. It's about bringing all these things under control and order in a way that is pleasing to God. That's true to the stewardship of what you actually possess. Okay. Number one, thank you for that exclusive. I have been in that place so many times, but in, in walking to, usually mine was music. Mine was showing up at the, having having not practiced and just like, okay, um, how am I going to flub this? Pretend like I know this. And you already know. And it's so amazing that you went to, and transparently, we all do this. We go to God with, hey, save me. When he gave us the tools, he gave me 
the ability to practice my work and get ready for that class and get ready for that that um that that test that musical test he gave you the ability the the smarts and the ability but we don't pick it up and then we're like Jesus save me pull me out from the water and he, he's like I gave you tools like awaken the better you I gave you tools like the Bible I gave you the tools to use it now you got to go out and do it and he doesn't take that away from us by the way he never takes away our ability if he I, I hope you would agree. He doesn't say, okay, you messed up now, you know, guess what? No chance. You still have the ability to pick those things up and start to work toward those things that he gave us the ability to have. Like we can have them, but he's like, I'm going to give you the steps, but I'm not going to do it for you. Right. Right. That's right. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Your life is supposed to be actualized. Mm. It's not supposed to be simply spiritualized. Right. And we're looking at this wrong. Again, this is the challenge is that people are reading this book and they're thinking, I'm saying, just read it. I'm saying, no, do it. Practice these things. Join the awakening movement. Buy a copy, but don't just buy a copy for you. Buy a copy with a friend, read it and do it. Watch it work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was, I was going to add something to that. And I love this, what you just said. And I, I'm big on this is why you're helping me, even with my community. Um, not just buy it. Don't just get a friend to do it, but then call each other each week, text each other and say, have you done it? The accountability. I love the fact that these part of your book, you do have the think about it. You have these part, these action steps. So you don't just say again, just hear the concepts of, you know, following from, from, from that desperation and going into the information application. You have all these steps lined out so well, but then each time there's an accountability at the end of each one of those things, which is, Hey, you can't blame BJ if your life doesn't change in the next 20, 20, 20, right? Because he didn't just say, here are the steps, but you have people around you. And that's why I wanted you to, to stick on the relational point. That's why I made sure I asked that question. Because without people in your life to hold you accountable, I hope you, you know, just let me know if this is, I'm on, if I'm tracking right here, without people to hold you accountable and you hold yourself accountable to do these things, it's just lip service. That's exactly right. And again, we've all grown accustomed to that. We've grown accustomed to saying things we're never going to do. We're never going to try. We're never going to attempt. And it's it's very challenging because I'm having to say to people, you have to do it. You're hearing me say it, but this is not just something you read. It's Jesus. He said, blessed are the hearers and the doers of this word. That's where you're going to see transformation. It's not just about what you've heard. And does it sound good? Again, there are plenty of people who are more well-spoken, well-articulate. They all these different things, right? But they're not touching me when it comes to doing this because I've done this for more than 10,000 people in every environment. And this is what makes me really an expert. I'm not telling you um, a hypothesis. I'm not idealizing something. I'm not telling you something from a mountain. I'm telling you something that has worked with people in rural communities, suburban communities, urban communities, uh, homeschools, um, poor, white, black, Hispanic, Dominican, Asian. I'm telling you things that begin to transcend race, background, gender, ethnicity, and application. And they cause you to wake up in ways that you could not imagine, right? And so again, it, it, I think that's the, the greatest challenge is we're always looking for the cool, fun, flashy phase, right? When we know this, again, this is kind of football. I'm not even a sports, you know, person. But the greatest teams are one that just do the basic stuff. You think about Bill Belichick. He's not doing nothing extremely sexy or beautiful. 
they're just running basic plays. They got basic players who know how to run a regular route and they catch the ball and they move the ball upfield, right? Too many of us are looking for these miraculous, incredible, crazy moments. And what I'm saying is just do the basic things and you'll get that, right? Again, you would not suspect all of the music that you've seen from a Lecrae, right? You don't know that I'm the one who challenged him to be on his life. You don't even know that, right? Like you've never met me before. You have no idea that I'm that person, but I just played my role. I played my role in that moment to just be basically faithful with what I had in the moment. And so you don't know where there's going to be life-changing things, right? Now, again, that's that's just one moment. That's not all the millions of people we've influenced, right? But again, it's about you playing your, your role and stewarding your gifts and then letting the magic come out of that. So it's not about you need to show up on TV. You need to get a book. You need to do this. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you need to start a podcast. Maybe you don't. You need to do be faithful with the things that you can see. And instead of taking the big step, take the next step, right? And that's all we're really encouraging you to do is to take the next step, but to then stop being so afraid. Again, what did my background teach me? I got the story. And it didn't make the book yet, um, you know, because they cut, you know, when they, they write they, the book, they, man. Hey, no, see, and see, again, you're talking, you're talking to the, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I was self-published, right? So, but there are so many things that my editor was like, nope, nope, nope. And I'm like, well, what, what, what am I going to publish then? Because there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They cut, they gut and cut a lot of things. One of the moments that I talk about in my um, awakening is the first time I realized I could not be afraid. Okay. And the first time I realized I could not be afraid, uh, I was walking home and I got punched on by a kid. Right. So I might use a story for later, but I just say I got punched on by a kid. And I was terrified. Like he just punched on me. I was like a little kid, maybe six, seven years old. Punched on me. I ran in the house and, you know, my uncle was there. He looked at me. He's like, what are you doing? And I was terrified. I was like, this kid just punched on me. He looked at me. He was like, get back outside. I was like, oh, what? Walk outside right now. I'm hiding in the house. And this is a true story. I'm hiding in the house. He looks at me and says, walk outside right now. I walk outside. He calls the kid back down. Get down here right now. This is a true story, right? He said, y'all going to run that back right now. I'm like, what? <laughs> and when the kid walked down there and he said, y'all going to run it back, we ran that fade back. And I won the second time, right? And I, I just say that, again, I'm not advocating violence and all that. No, right? you got to, yeah. I'm just saying I learned I had to stop being afraid. I had to stop letting fear control everything I do, where I go, why I do it, the reasons why I move. And too many of us are afraid. We cannot even admit that we're afraid because we're hiding behind saying the right thing. Mm. Right. And so now we're saying the right thing, 
but we're not willing to do the, the right, right thing. thing. Yeah, <laughs> right? Oh, a movie about that, exactly. Yeah. And so when you get around people like me, I notice you ain't moved. Oh, you haven't taken a step. Oh, I just believe in this and I believe in that. I'm just Dr. Sound, elderly, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're like blurting things out. And I go, you've said all that and you have not moved a step. Take the next step. You will not grow until you take the next step, not the big step. And all I'm encouraging you to do in this awakening movement, I'm encouraging you to take the next practical step. I'm not asking you to speak well. I'm not asking you to say something phenomenal. I'm asking you to do something practical that will give your legacy in your life a transforming and inspiring uh, passion. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so thank I have so many things I want to go into <laughs> when you talked about that. I have my own moment when my dad pushed me out the door, the same thing. So I wanted to make sure I got this in before we had to go. And you've given us so much value, even without reading the book. I, I'm sure they're going to go out and get it. Whenever you're listening or watching this, this is going to be a resource that will be generational because it can impact your life and your gener and generations to come if you make these changes. But I wanted to ask you specifically, um, what would you say to that person who is where you were? Because there's somebody listening who is in that place on a college campus or there is someone that's at that red carpet. There is someone right now. Somewhere who, in South Dallas, somewhere in, a, in an environment that feels like it's overlooked. That's yeah. Right. So if you had to, they're going to get the book. But before they get the book, what would you say to yourself back then? If you knew then what you know now, what would you tell that young BJ at that moment? Keep going. Um, those yearnings that you have that you can't put words to, they're real and they're God-given, right? Um, I had yearnings. I, I remember being a small child, seven, eight years old. I remember looking in the sky and thinking, there's got to be more than this, right? And I think that there's something about us that doesn't want to believe there's more because we look at how insignificant we are in the moment, right? Well, I now know that those things that there's got to be more, that was God. And he was just quietly speaking to my spirit to say, BJ, if you follow me, I'll show you the pathway to life. Right. And so what I would say to you is like, it sounds like you hear it. Right. It sounds like I'm just like, oh, BJ, just saying it. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. I've influenced, you've never heard of me, right? I've, I'm your influencer's influence. I'm your favorite influencer's influence. Not just one, lots of them. I have coached more than 10,000 people. You've never heard of me your whole life before, right? It's because I kept following that voice. Yeah. Right? And, and I just say to you is like, if you're listening to this, join the Awaken movement, share this episode with as many people possible. I, I, you know, we, we are afraid to tell people where we got something from because it doesn't make us look as smart. Right. We'd rather wow. look. Wow. Oh, rather OK. Look. Don't open a whole other <laughs> can of words. Oh, goodness. 
BJ, that's that's a whole other. Okay, keep going. No, I, I can't jump. Now, on that listen, one. listen, Look, dude, you just hit you just hit a, a huge nail on a hammer right with a hammer right there. Yeah, we don't want to look. We don't want to look like we're not that smart. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. Share it with them. Share these pivotal like things, messages, things, and don't just share it with one person. Share it with ten people, and then have them share it with ten other people. Because here's what starts to happen. We then unwittingly and un, unintentionally, but then intentionally begin to create an awakening snowball where now I don't know what's going to transpire. Again, I, he's it's in the book, right? Craig tells you a moment where he's like, I was lost in my journey. Y'all had never heard of him before. He had never done any music that you would have found. It wasn't even good like that, right? And he said, I ran into a person who challenged me to my face. There was no group. There was no crowd. It was just he and I. And I said, you are lost. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you got going on. You are clearly lost. And because of that moment, that was one catalytic moment. It's led to the influence of millions of people across the world. Right. And so I just say that oftentimes we don't think that the little things that we share with others can lead to big moments, right? But the awakening movement is not about me saying, oh, go buy the book. Oh, you just do the book. No, see, that's not even it. What I'm saying is you need a tool and you have to give others something to rally around to say, maybe I could be more. And this is kind of my encouragement. All the things you need, you already possess. You just got to learn how to use them, right? It's like I'm growing up thinking I'm insignificant because I live in this type of neighborhood. I'm from this type of background. My mother had me at 17 years old, but I was school in the 10th grade. And I'm not even recognizing that God has put in me the experiences, the pain, the trauma that he needs to use in order for me to move from surviving to thriving. And so what I would say is this awakened movement is when I go, yo, I am enough already. And the only thing that's missing is my competency to discover who I am in this moment. And so what I would say to the listening audience is that you have to start believing. You have to stop waiting. You have to start starting. You have to start planning. You have to start implementing. And you got to stop BSing yourself. And trying to compartmentalize these particular aspects of your life that you've been neglecting for a long time because you're afraid. Again, what I try to display in the book is I was afraid just like you. And I had to have a little bit of courage, a little bit of heart, a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith. And what Jesus said, if you have faith of a mustard seed, right, it'll grow into this massive tree. And so, again, you're hearing me say this, and it sounds like blah, 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 until you realize, oh, you've done this for real. And I'm saying, no, no, don't even think about me. I'm only trying to inspire you to do this for real and for you to live a more full, awakened, and actualized life. Man, we cannot drop the mic any higher from that point than you just did, brother. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for inspiring so many people. Thank you for being for playing your role and doing what you're doing faithfully. I know God is going to impact so many millions of people beyond what you've done. 
thus far, right? The half has not been told. I appreciate you so much. Let's, they've heard it, but let's just remind them one more time. If they're old school, they should have just clicked the link in the bio, but uh, maybe they didn't do that. So just remind them how to find you, how to stay in touch with you, how they can make more uh, connection with your resources. Absolutely. So join the Awaken movement. Go order five copies of the Awaken a Better You by BJ Thompson. Sold everywhere. Amazon, Walmart, Target, everywhere you can find books sold. Um, again, go to bj-thompson.com. Check it out. Also, I want you guys to watch. I just had an incredible conference called the Awaken Conference. Um, we have Lecrae, Kristen Kane, Beth Moore, uh, NBA player Kyle Korver, ESPN analyst Sam Ocho. Incredible, incredible event. It's free online. Go to bj-thompson.com and you can watch that event. You can hear me interview them and just get their, their nuggets. And again, what I would just say is I would encourage you to do, it doesn't take anything to join the awakening movement. Awaken yourself by simply reading a book with a friend, with a partner, and implementing the practices and watch your life change. Amen. PJ, this has been absolutely outstanding. I'm going to make sure all of my community is following you, following these steps, and applying these principles to their lives. Thank you so much for being a part of the God and Geek Show. God bless you, sir. Hope we can do it again sometime. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My friend, if you take even a tenth of what you just heard from BJ Thompson and apply it to your life, I guarantee you the better you is just a few steps away. That was incredible. BJ, thank you so much for sharing your heart, your insight, just pouring out what you have to share with the world and sharing it with our God and Gigs audience. We are all the better for it. Please my friend, go ahead and pick up that book. I don't endorse nor share things that I do not apply to my own life. And I guarantee you, these are steps that I'm going to be applying to my life. So I would encourage you to check out the links all in the show notes here in the description and pick up those books and make sure you stay connected to BJ Thompson and all of his socials and all of his resources. One of the reasons we discuss relationships so much is because we're all about community here at God and Gigs. And if you're interested in joining a community of highly motivated, faith-focused creatives who will hold you accountable to the growth that you say you want, you definitely want to check out God and Gigs 360 Gold. Again, this is not something that I share because I am trying to sell you on anything. It's because I've seen it work. I've seen people in our membership grow immensely, stay encouraged, stay motivated, create more, do more because they have people in their world who they allow in and we are connecting week to week, month to month, making sure that we follow through with our promises to ourselves to grow ourselves in our God-given gifts. So if that interests you, if you would love to have a group that holds you accountable to growing as a creative and as a person and connecting the dots between your spiritual life and your creative life, check out GodAndGigs.com slash gold. I guarantee you this is a move that you want to make and that will benefit you in every area of your life. Well, my friend, I can't share anymore. That was more than enough, but make sure you share this episode with somebody because somebody else needs the transformation and the steps that you heard. And you know that person that just popped up in your head 
share this interview with them via text, via a direct message. They will thank you for it later, I guarantee you. But until next time, I just want you to remember this one thing. Continue to become the creative that you are created to be. And we'll see you next episode. Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig Show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing. Amazing.